guys, there we go. We're up to this is. I'm going to call this episode three, just purely because uh, I had a rookie error where I didn't record second. Well, I recorded it, but it corrupted. I didn't have a backup recorder running, so my bad, my bad. <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll cop that one. We'll, but yeah, we'll just uh, we'll get cracking with episode number three anyway. But uh, I think the big ones we wanted to look at um, with MMA and boxing. Um, women's sports and whether they're going to get as good as bloke sports, whether it, as in when I say as good, I mean money-wise and, and uh, infamy-wise and famousness and all that sort of gear. Um, biggest underdogs in sports, um, get into having a look at some uh, activities and entertainments that try to pass themselves off as sports because, you know, it happens. And uh, the last thing I wanted to look at was uh, was Bondi's Obscure Sport of the Week and uh, – also, Cootie's wanker of the week, so we'll see how we go. The <laughs> <laughs> quality segments right there. Quality, mate. Well, you know, we are Australian, I guess. So. <laughs> All right, so the first one, like MMA and boxing, um, that's, that's probably the big ones that they're, they're, current, they're the two big fight sports at the moment. I mean, you got you know other things like kickboxing, um, judo, all that kind of stuff that get around, but they're just not, they're just not as massive as the other ones. So, I mean, for me... Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it, but I, I sort of thought of it in three different ways where it was one was how much money you can earn, which is kind of, you know, that's probably one of the biggest measuring sticks. Um, the other is where you look at participation rates and how many people are actually in the sport. And then um, also I looked at um, whether it's just specifically down to how long the sport has been around for. So that's kind of like what I thought of um, in terms of uh, – the, the arguments for which one's bigger than the other. Where, where did you guys go with it? Um, I basically looked at um, putting the two in the ring and then the two in the octagon. Um, and I get a lot more entertainment out of uh, MMA just purely for the fact that it is mixed martial arts. So you're um, combining sports or disciplines whereas boxing um you're really good at one thing uh but if you remove them from that uh one discipline then you don't really have too much else so um just for entertainment value uh, i'm on the mma and that's how i sort of looked at it as well that's fair what about you kids uh yeah i'm kind of on bondo side there you look at <clears throat> it still amazes me the money that's in boxing so we yeah. just had we just had Tyson Fury and um, Wilder too, mm. and that that made 25. They, each boxer made 25 mil before the pay per view money came in. Wow! So that was so it was a rematch from a draw. So it was a 50 50 split. They made 25 mil each before the money then came in from the pay per view. There hasn't been like a which just amazes me that, and and I think it it was the biggest. It broke the heavyweight um, uh, gate ever it's the biggest yep. heavyweight gate ever and yet i think the biggest one from that was like the the pacquiao mayweather um a few years before that which yep. was 12 rounds which brings me back to my point of it was 12 rounds of kind of nothing in the end really <laughs> like the answer you're, you're watching these guys 12 like uh, round after round after round not really doing it a heck of a lot and mm. rarely will you see that never in especially when you compare it to ufc where um, the fight can change like that. Granted, 
the, the attraction with like heavyweights with um Fury and Wilder is that these guys can end the fight with you know either hand straight oh, away pretty much if they, if they're very they're they're just freaks in nature those gents so UFC has that to an extent too where the the fight is it's a lot shorter it's on the entertainment value and it's um it too can end a heck of a lot quicker than you can see what most you know 12 15 round boxing fights ever will yeah that, that's a fair point I, I think um if you're looking purely from an entertainment perspective that's fair enough but i guess I'm looking at from its perspective of, of like the, the money is astounding. I mean, it kind of I think the for whatever reason the the Floyd Mayweather is kind of like he's he's an anomaly. Like even if you just take him out as, as an outlier because he's the highest paid athlete, um, you know, in the world. Like that's it's like full stop. That's it. it. It's not even just boxing or MMA. Um, the man made an obscene amount of money. And then of course like with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, same deal. But I think what I wonder is with the heavyweight division is kind of like the flagship division for um, for boxing. It has been that way since Ali, since Foreman, Frazier, all those big names. We've you know we all we all know. Um, but I wonder whether when the Klitschko dynasty kind of happened for yeah. about a part of two decades, just these two guys from the Ukraine just destroyed everyone because they're eighteen foot tall and you know they were just incredibly technical. Um, and then of course that kind of made it a little bit boring and took it away from a bit, and it allowed the UFC to kind of slide in there, but. I mean, for me, like the UFC, it's it's incredible and the, the talent that these guys have, but I see it uh, in a weird way, kind of like as the decathlon of fighting. Like that's kind of what I see it as. Like you've got to know you're going to be particularly good at something, but you've got to be kind of good at everything. So it, it's it's kind of an interesting one, uh, whereas boxing, it's more of a you are incredibly technical in one aspect, unless, of course, you're Dante Wilder, in which case you just have a right hand that can just, you know, steal someone's soul and just end your life within about four seconds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. But it's then, just, yeah. one thing I took away from it, if you watch that fight, is it becomes it's becoming a little bit not to the extreme USC, but the the reason why these guys made so much money is because uh, I mean I love Nick Fury, uh, Nick Fury, Tyson <laughs> Fury. I've been watching the Avengers Tyson, before you came on here. Yeah, that's man, right. I jumped. That's like the eighth time I've done that. So I was really embarrassing. <laughs> Tyson Fury is because he, he creates the entertainment value. The guy came out, I, I don't know the walkout song, but he was carried on a throne into the ring. Oh, that's obscene, isn't it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know Wilder was right there too. He had some kind of like Mardi Gras night yeah, thing yeah. on as well. But like he, he came on the stage and then he apparently he sang like American Pie or something afterwards to the crowd when he won. So yeah. he's a complete showman, which just builds the the entertainment factor and people were going to watch it because – and much like uh, what you see with um with uh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, USC, yeah. Yeah, it, it's the spectacle around the fight build that's up, right, which is yeah. why it becomes so popular, absolutely. Well, that, that's sort of what I was, I was going to get at, exactly. Well, that was what the next point I was going to bring up was just purely like you look at the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. I mean, they're kind of the same deal. Like they're just these obscene amounts of money. But, I mean, you, you look at how much money they got. Uh, like, so Vitaly Klitschko, who defended the title so many times and was incredible, Manny Pacquiao, even like that. I mean, the, the Manny Pacquiao, this is, so this is off the, the, when you look at Money Inc., where they talk about the, the, the most highly paid boxers in, in history. Look, Vitaly Klitschko was one of the best, and he held the title forever. He only, won, he only got $65 million. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly right. Manny Pacquiao, incredible boxer. He's one of the best in, of all time in the history of the world. 190 million. Floyd Mayweather, 
560 million. That that's that's offensive. Like <laughs> it, it, it hurts my feelings. But anyway, but that's all right. But it, it's just there's just a crazy amount of money. But Conor McGregor, I think he kind of changed it a bit. Um, he's by far the highest paid um, UFC fighter. I think there's other guys like um, like George St. Pierre and, and Mark Hunt, and I think Cerrone's probably got quite a bit just purely because of the volume of fights he's done. But I don't know. What do you reckon, Bondi? Have you got uh, you sort of got any any uh, I guess idea of where, where you think do you reckon UFC is going to overtake boxing from a money standpoint, or do you think there's just too many title belts in boxing, or what? Well. For me, and I'm far from an expert on this subject, um, <laughs> I would love to see UFC overtake boxing. Uh, I enjoy UFC more, although it is a lot shorter. I mean, you're looking at, what, five five-minute rounds for a title fight? Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you don't get the, the duration, but um, definitely the entertainment. Um, is there for me um, and like I said I'm not really interested in watching a couple of blokes dance around each other and um, throw a few loose punches here and there um, yeah. I'd much prefer to see you know a sneaky kick to the head and stuff like that so that's um, true no that's a fair point so you reckon the entertainment value of the UFC might trump the boxing is that sort of what you reckon I, I certainly hope it moves that way that's so. No, fair enough. All right, any final thoughts on the boxing versus MMA, boys? Nothing? Nope. Fair enough. Well, the, the next one we're going to look at uh, that I was thinking of was um, we, we sort of had a chat about women's sports. It seems to be something that keeps coming up over and over again. It, it's There's lots of different leagues that are happening now and a whole bunch of different things uh, that are popping up for like AFL for in the women's is getting a lot more popularity. Cricket in particular is, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. But again, like I see it as a similar debate uh, as UFC versus boxing uh, in that it, UFC only has one, one real organization, whereas boxing has you know, WBO, WBF, all that kind of stuff. But so I wonder whether women's sports, I mean, outside of tennis, um, you know, is it really going to reach parity with men's sports? Uh, in, in any time in our lifetime, basically. I, I don't know. I, I really – I couldn't I, – I, I was trying my best to sort of come up with a, with a sort of, I guess, a theory on it, but I really couldn't. Like, I was really struggling with it. Well, for me, unfortunately – and, again, Serena Williams is the exception to this. Um, since she's come back after having a baby and being successful, but women – having children and starting families and that kind of stuff is a part of life. I mean, we wouldn't be humankind without the females along with that. Mm. Um, And given their finite opportunity to reproduce, so you're looking at 20s, 30s realistically, um, which is, again, peak time in your career. So um, basically asking women to choose between family and sport to a point i mean cricket australia has done a fantastic job um in supporting women after or to go on maternity leave to come back and that kind of stuff um it definitely is a pause in the career it's something you're not necessarily guaranteed to come back from um as if it were something like a business job or something like that like um you can work in that until you're 
50, 60, retirement age, whatever, and still climb that ladder. Um, mm. Where, yeah, or you've got that finite opportunity, and that is premier family opportunity as well. So, um, I'd like to see women's sport become popular. I love watching it. Um, I love watching the hockey, the cricket, tennis, all that kind of stuff. Um, equally male and female. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see it develop um, and get that viewership. Uh, I'm just not sure how the sporting world is going to get around that um, fact, basically. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, they're doing a lot of things, and this is where, uh, like, I think it becomes the most obvious uh, when you look purely at, say, if you want to subscribe to to watch women's games, for example. So if we look at, um, say, the NBA, right, to buy an NBA game pass uh, for for the whole year it, in Australia anyway, I know it's different all over the world, but in Australia, because, you know, they decide to charge us more money than anyone else, it's like nearly $300 just for the year, for the, for the season, to watch all the games, right, to have access to it. But I can say, and if I want to watch one team, so if I just want to watch the Spurs, which is that's my team, um, it's still going to cost me about two hundred bucks to watch all of their games, right? But if I want to stream every single women's game in the entire thing, it's thirty-five bucks for the entire season, including postseason. <laughs> so that's the and and most of the time you can even watch it for free on Facebook. They stream it live or you know, or live on on YouTube, and they do all these things like that. Um, so. I think that's that's the biggest disparity at the moment. It comes down to the almighty dollar, and they've just got to try and get ad revenue up. Um, but I think it is happening in some sports. We're like swimming, we're, we're, we're quite blessed in Australia, I think, in that we are very lucky to have a fairly progressive sporting teams and systems here now. Like netball's big here, swimming's big here, uh, hockey, like you mentioned, cricket here as well, um, rugby union, AFL, all these different avenues, NRL. Um, but I don't, what, what do you reckon, Coots? What's your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm the same. I'm, I'm right there with you both. I think when you look at, uh, and I follow the AFL obviously quite passionately, mm. and you look at the girls' year, I think it's like third or fourth year in existence. Mm. And I think the AFL has been really clever. There's no secret they've pumped a lot of money into it, clever. but they've been they've been quite clever in the fact that okay, let's stick to X amount of teams the first year or two, and then we'll see how how much it's grown grassroots level. Mm. And there's girls' football teams popping up or women's football teams popping up absolutely everywhere. I'll plug Mount Gravatt a little bit here. Two years ago, they were struggling. They put their first girls to get team together now. They're their third year in existence, and they're, they're forced to field two girls' teams because oh, there's wow. just that many that have just rocked up. Like, leagues have changed. Some clubs have folded. Some have, um, you know, start up again. But, but the fact that at the grassroots level, it's it's taken off because all of a sudden they're seeing girls on TV and go, and some of it is the basic level of that looks fun. I can do it. They're doing it. Why can't I? I love football. I want to play. Mm. And and you look at the girls' football too. Like, I, I realistically probably not in my lifetime. I don't think you will hand on heart will see it at the same level as the men's mm. because the men's has been in existence. You talk like VFL, AFL has been around for 150 years. Yeah. So yep. these things are clearly going to need time, mm. and that whole, and it might sound silly to say, but we're coming off, you know, male-dominated sports from you know post two world wars where it was, and, and all through the 60s and 70s, and where it was the woman's job to stay home and cook and clean, and the men went out to work. That dynamics completely shifted, where women work as much as men, barring childbirth and those things that mm. sometimes are unavoidable. Um, mm. I think the sport's following too. So 
the, the same thing. Some obviously are choosing, and there's some uh, AFLW players that have taken virtually a sabbatical off, had kids, and have gone back to play football straight away. Um, what's her name? Pierce from Melbourne. I can't think of her name. She did it a year or two ago, and she's back playing now. She did her a year in media and had kids and then went straight back into it. Granted, that's a fairly big effort, but um, it's, yeah, it's just – it seems to be the path, of course. These things just need time because they just haven't been around as long as the men's sport has been. That's fair. So you think you think you're thinking like it's a time thing, it it's inevitable, um, and it will get there. It's just going to take time. I, I think it, in some aspects, it, it could be as competitive. There's no reason to say it hasn't been. But I'll go back to AFL again. It's been in, hey, men's been in existence for 150 years. The women's has been around for four. Hmm. Yeah, so these, I think these things just need a bit of time, that's all. And you can't, I mean, obviously, when you throw too much money at it and it fails, then there's all the reasons around, well, how did that happen? If you're this smart and progressively build, so the skill level is watchable because you don't want to see these throw money at it, throw these players that aren't really up to standard where they're at, a, at the professional level where they're on TV, on prime time, where people are going to watch them and they're going to be disheartened because the the skill level just isn't the men. You can't put it on the same level as the men's for those exact reasons. Mm. It's different people playing different people playing the sport. So it's going to look a little bit different. Mm. Um, but I, I think you give it time and I reckon it's already proven that it's, it's taken off and, and same with the WNBA as well over in the States. You don't get it too much overseas and same with the women's cricket as well. Like it's, it's there and it's coming. It just, I think just needs time to mature. Yeah, I, I think you're, you think you're right there, mate. Because I mean, it, it's something that uh, is probably the most evident. Um, I mean, like you, you mentioned about fizzling out, the NBL is a prime example of that because it's, it's come alive and crashed, come alive and crashed so many times, and that's only in our lifetime. Like it's, it's yeah. I remember in the '90s it was huge, and then yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about it a little bit um, where you know basically they sold the rights and it just killed it, um, but. Then it's come back again and crash, come back and crash. And but like, and I think that's right. They're doing it the right way at the moment. But I think the time aspect in particular is massive because if you look at something, for example, like women's golf, women's tennis, um, swimming. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the other ones that are close enough. Like there's even anything that's sort of an Olympic sport, any of those track and field mm. events. Um, they're, they're all kind of they've been around for quite a while. They've been around for a long time. So they are much closer to that parity. I mean, tennis and, and golf pretty much. I mean, golf, I mean, the men's tend to get paid a bit more still, but that's more from sponsorship than the actual prize money. Um, yeah, yep. So it's quite a, quite a bit closer. So I think that's right. And, I mean, I think like what Bondi was saying, when it comes to entertainment value and all that sort of stuff, you, I think you, what he was saying, it, it's going to hit the, the nail on the head with, um, you know, it's going to be as entertaining. It's just a matter of getting that popularity up because it's just that – that grassroots level is where it starts, and I think they're doing a really good job, particularly AFL. NRL is not far behind, um, and uh, and I think there's a few other sports that are going to get there. I mean, you look at people like Ronda Rousey um, and uh, Holly Holmes and all those sorts of um, and New- Amanda Nunez and all these other big personalities that are getting around now um, in, in the, in the uh, MMA world. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, with, with I think this is the best time it could be happening with um, with social media, et cetera, that's out there now. I can make it popular so fast. Yeah. And something that I didn't take into consideration that Kutu's point um, really highlighted was um, the depth 
Um, so I was thinking about taking someone like Felicia Healy or someone like that out of the Australian cricket team, um, have a child. I mean, she's married to Mitch Stark, so, you know, that family's heading that way. And you take out the Australian keeper, you know, what kind of depth um, do the women's cricket have? But again, uh, a very young sport at that level. So, um, yeah, time to mature and time to get that. Um, that roster field um, and definitely um, I think yeah it can be a, a spectacle world round as time right yeah right there with you yeah and I think um, if you're married to Mitch Stark and you're a, a professional cricket player yourself then you're probably going to have some great offspring so crack on <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to we need some stock coming through come on chop it up. <laughs> that's it yeah. <laughs> next generation all right well any, any final thoughts on uh, women's sports there boys Nothing there, cool. All right, well, um, next thing we're going to talk about, um, something that I think is is something we all love is is the big underdog stories. Now, throughout history, there's been a lot. Like there's 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 dozens and dozens of them. We've we've all seen them. Um, for me, I, I mean, I have found more than one. Uh, like there's, there's it's easy. I mean, I'll I'll probably pick. I don't. Did you guys sort of pick more than one, or how many did you guys find? Mate, I just went to the most obvious Australian underdog of all no, time. Okay, no, right, what is it? Stephen Bradbury. Oh, mate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Yes, mate. Oh, you know, kicking myself now. I, I didn't even yeah, think of it. I, did, I can't believe yeah. I did Bradbury, mate. It, it's, it's, I'm not going to say mine. Mine just sounds stupid. I'm just I know now. But, you can't. Yeah, how can you? You can't beat that now. Yeah. No, he's 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 hit off with a winner, mate. That's it. We're mm. done. That's it. We have to retire. That's <laughs> it. Bloody hell, yeah, Bradbury, mate, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, tell, um, tell people who, who he is if they don't know, because I know the like, younger generation aren't always up with who the Bradbury is. So, Tim Bradbury, uh, a speed skater, Winter Olympic game, uh, was coming dead last in the final by about three laps. Uh, it wasn't quite that much, but... Uh, <laughs> you got to build the story, build the story. 100%. Poetic license right here. So... <laughs> Front runners uh, collided, took out the pack, and uh, final lap, Stephen Bradbury's come through for the win uh, for about half a lap down. And, uh, yeah, he's an Australian icon now. So, uh, yeah, you're an underdog. You've pulled a Bradbury. Uh, come through, so. that, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly what you call it. If you, you know, everyone else falls over, busts an injury, does something stupid, and the whole team's decimated, and you just come through with the win, that's a Bradbury. I mean, I cannot believe that I didn't even think of Bradbury. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of oh. disheartened by that. Well, yeah. well, I'll tell you what. Look, I'll, I'll buffer you. I'll go. I'll go next so that yours doesn't seem as bad. All right, how's that? I'll, I'll, thanks, I'll go. No, thanks that's cool. Taking that hit, man. Thanks. No, that's cool. Anything. <laughs> all, right. all right. So for me, my my underdog, uh, one of them was is, is a single player. Um, again, I guess single player. Uh, but it was just he, he's a guy who uh, probably genetically shouldn't have been doing what he was doing, but somehow managed it, and that's Muggsy Bogues. Now, I don't know if you guys know Muggsy Bogues, but in, in the 90s, he was, if you've ever, you ever seen Space Jam, you've seen Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> right? so that's what he's famous. So Muggsy Bogues was one of the, the best point guards and, and shooting guards in, in the NBA. Um, incredible talent. Um, and uh, he did it all by being five foot six. Um, you know, and, and that's uh, in the NBA, the, when the average height is like 6'3 or something like that, um, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous like to be able to... to not only make it in the NBA, but 
be very successful and also, you know, have a have a movie career in to some degree. Uh, you know. <laughs> And uh, it, it's phenomenal. One of the best ball handlers in the world that's ever been along. So, um, and not to mention he played for Charlotte. So that always handicaps you as well. So, um, to to be successful all the way around, I think is is just ridiculous. Um, he holds a couple of records um, for the most assists. Um, go figure. Um, but yeah, he's he's phenomenal. So that I thought Muggsy Bones was definitely uh, a very big underdog, um, and but he was still so successful. All right. So there you go. I, I've taken the hit. I've taken. The hit. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate That's it. That's all right. So you, you, what, who was yours? Uh, my greatest underdog was a man called Buster Douglas. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so, considering we are talking about boxing before. Yeah. Well, it seemed pertinent in the end, too. So to, to paint the picture, this is, I think it was 1990, he fought the undefeated, undisputed current heavyweight champion in the world of Mike Tyson. To put yeah. that into perspective, Tyson was... 37 and 0 by the time he fought Buster Douglas, and That's he was enough. our 41, 42 to 1 favorite, or Douglas vice versa was a 42 to 1 underdog. Good lord! And it was painted as um, uh, like Tyson's comeback. He was, you know, there, there was no Buster had no business being in the ring, and he, he put Tyson on his backside and, and knocked him out. And to uh, put that in perspective, Tyson, I mean, love him or hate him. You look oh, at his boxing phenomenal. record leading up to that, and it's and it's first round TKO, first round TKO, first round knockout, first round TKO. No <laughs> one, I don't think he had a fight that went into the tenth round until he fought Buster. Like everything was like six round or two round or first round knockout. He just he, he just finished fights really early, and then yeah, he went over to Japan and and yeah, Buster Douglas put him on the canvas and he didn't get up. And it was, at the time, we're talking 1990, I think, it was just the biggest wow moment in boxing history almost, that this guy, that Tyson was such a phenomenon, such a beast of a man that no one lasted. And, and yeah, he didn't get up. It was amazing. Nuts. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That's a, that's a really, really good one. Um, he, uh, yeah, you're right. That's is. It was just nuts that he that he ended up coming back and uh, and beating Mike Tyson. I mean, the fact that you make a Simpsons episode based on <laughs> I think Homer was basically what Buster Douglas was, except he actually mm. did knock him out. Like it, it's just phenomenal because I think from memory the history was that was uh, Evander Holyfield. I can't remember if it was pre or post that, but I know that Buster Douglas lost to Evander Holyfield after he beat yeah. Mike Tyson. But I don't know whether Mike Tyson had already lost to Evander or whether he just fought him or not. But no, anyway. I, so Tyson hadn't lost to that point. He was under, exactly. undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. Jeez, wow. There you go. That's unreal. So, yeah, that's, that's phenomenal because, I mean, I know, uh, yeah, it's just I, I, the man, uh, like, I'm sure if even if I saw him in the street now and he hit me in the head, I would probably die. Like, oh, oh, just, absolutely. He, absolutely. He was just one of the most freakish ones uh, in history. And, and uh, yeah, oh, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, but Bondi, did you have, a, did you have another? No, I I just go straight for the win. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the formative mic drop. Just I got the winner. I'm done. <laughs> Lead it off home run. Any other that's sports good. analogy you can throw at it, he's done. That's it. That's it, mate. He he just did the pass, uh, the the catch. I mean, so yeah, but that's cool. All right. Well, for for me, the the other one. Um, I mean, Muggsy Bergs is one. I'm sure, uh, there's there's a couple that I looked at. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of big ones that they that the Americans hype up with, like mm. like college football and that kind of stuff. Like when Villanova beat Georgetown, like yeah. Um, but probably the the biggest one that the Yanks love to hype up is um is when in I think it was 1980, I believe, um, when they beat the the Russians. Um, yes. In, in the yes. hockey for the gold medal. Also, also had a movie made about it. <laughs> oh yes, it did. That's right. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah, they, they made. That's how much they love that stuff. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty bananas, but I don't know. But there's there's been a lot of underdog stories. But what about? Have you got any other scoops? Uh, the only one I had, and it's kind of nice to say because it's a Patriots loss, was the their famed undefeated season, and then a six and seven Giants team oh. made it the Super Bowl and beat yeah. them. So I yeah. mean, with that that the famous the famous helmet catch. Yep. Yep. But uh, yeah, that that was about the only one that I attempted with. But then I thought Tyson was Tyson losing was just too strong. No, no, that's fair enough. No, that, that's that's really good. Uh, that's true because I mean, Eli Manning took two Super Bowls off Brady, apparently. So. Yeah, he literally did. Yeah. But, no, that's fair. No, but that, yeah, the, the miracle on ice. That's what the nineteen eighty one. Do you believe in miracles? That's where that comes from. That that saying. Do you believe in miracles? It's a great uh, story if you read up on it because the or Soviet Union then back in the eighties they dominated world hockey forever. Oh, freaking and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the US team was a bunch of like college guys that hadn't played at the pro level and they just put a team together, went over and they went, well went over. It was in America and flogged them. Mm. It wasn't flogged them, but they got up either way. Right, they won. They won four three. But you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I guess, considering the the stature of the uh, of the of the Russians at the time, or the Soviet Union as they were called, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, Absolutely. Well, any final thoughts on on the underdogs, lads? Anything else there? Nah, that's all I have. No worries. Well, this this uh, podcast a little underdog, so we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now the other thing, right now the, before we get into, oh, unless we can go straight into the obscure sport, why not? We'll, we'll go with that now, Bondi. Obscure sport of the week. Give us it. What, what have you got, mate? I've got curling. Curling. So the reason I landed on curling, um, I'll explain it in a second, is because the World Championships of curling are on in the next two weeks. Uh, I know that you guys knew that. No, I'm all over it, mate. Right. Yeah, I've got yeah. <laughs> I've got it ready to go on Hulu, mate. That's it's whatever they call it. So the men are playing in Scotland, the women are playing in Canada. Uh, but basically, you skid an ice puck down. I don't even know. Let's call it. And you've got a team there sweeping away the ice, and you've got to try and get it within the bullseye circle. So sorry, mate. Your uh, microphone's going a bit funny, mate. Sorry. It's just your head going, mate. <laughs> Wait, I, I, had a few, I had a few too many things before I started this podcast, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so predominantly Northern Hemisphere sport, uh, predominantly European, but um, this, uh, the Japanese, Koreans, Russians, USA have all got teams in there. But uh, as you'd expect, Canada, Scotland and Sweden are the dominant teams uh, because... Basically, they've got a lot more ice than the rest of the world. So, <laughs> mate, I was going to say, if, if, if the Aussies are in that, mate, I'll be impressed if we got um, our Darwin team, like the Darwin ice hockey team. You boys remember the Darwin ice hockey team? Yeah, mate. Um, and, and anyone yeah, that has, anyone that hasn't seen the Darwin ice hockey team, Google it, please. Get on there, have a look. It's uh, you know they'll, they'll have some videos on there. They're fantastic. Anyway, but yeah, so that the, so the curling, mate. That's um, 
I've, I've think I've seen a few bits. I've never, I've literally never watched it uh, at all. But I, I know I've seen some, you know, clips of normally people taking the piss out of it. Um, but it, it's just where they had literally have two people brooming in front of it because they have to try and get it inside a circled area. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, right. Jeez. And they, well, do they get points based off that? Do you know? Yes. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like lawn bowls <laughs> on ice. Is it? How is the inside? The inside is phenomenal. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's brilliant. It's like it's like it's like interviewing Bill Belichick. <laughs> How do you feel about winning the Super Bowl, Bill? Yeah, good. <laughs> I was so excited I knocked over a plant. No. <laughs> Everyone just sings in it. <laughs> it's going to be available on all good sporting channels. Um, probably none in Australia. Um, I'm sure KO will have it, mate. KO have it. Mate. KO have it. Has everything. The end of March, the start of April, tune into the uh, World Curling Championships. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. Have you got a hot <laughs> tip? You got a hot tip, Bondo? Who's oh, yeah, who, yeah, who's going to win? That's a good idea. Who's gonna, who's your tip? Mate, I'm going to go for the underdog because it is the theme of this podcast and go with Scotland. Uh, they are hosting it. I I am aware of that. But um, they also have the unicorn as their national emblem uh, or animal. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not back them just for that. It's fantastic because they got – not only do they have the, the thistle as their um, – as their thing because they just want something that's going to cause havoc in a rose garden to, you know, get at the English. Uh, but they also want to have – like, you could have picked anyone for your emblem and they're just like, you know what, no, no, no we're going to have a unicorn. Like, we could have just made it up. Like, <laughs> what, what have we got kangaroos? I mean, people think kangaroos and platypuses and emus are made up anyway, so I guess we kind of get away with it. Right? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's brilliant. Thanks for that, Bonner. Oh, that's, that's that's one of my favourites. There's more to come, more to come. Every week we're going to have an obscure sport, which makes my life, you know, just brightens your day. I want um, you to, I can't wait to see how you top this next week. Yeah, mate. That's a I'm good already point. excited. He, he started strong. This is in the Olympics, so um, curling's yeah, in the Olympics. Yeah, the yeah Olympics. Oh my god! Get out. Yeah. So I'm like. Yeah, right. All right. Nothing. All right. Well, all right. So the next, the next thing we wanted to chat about uh, was having a look through. Basically, just uh, sports that uh, I guess I, you just don't. We, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, was just uh, sports that masquerade as uh, activities and vice versa. So, uh, an example for for me that that I always go to is lawn bowls. Now, it's it's basically if I find that I can go and cheer for my grandmother to win this sport, I don't think it's a sport. Because I just think that you know it's 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 more of an act. Like it's it's don't get me wrong. Like I understand that it requires a lot of skill and accuracy and all of those things. But I mean, it, it's also just it's something I can do while I'm half cut and just roll a ball down a green. Like it's nothing too crazy. So you know that that's that's what I find. Or you know something like uh, another one I had was synchronized swimming. Like it's just like I, it again requires skill, but it, it's not really a sport because it goes down to your judges. Like the judges are like. 
hey, look, you know, this is what I think because based off that person's hand movement, it was not quite synchronized with that other person's hand movement. Like, it's just, it's so subjective. It, it, you couldn't possibly call it, like, you, if I was just watching it, I wouldn't know who's won. Like, it's just not possible. So what do you what do you guys think? What, what, where did you take this when you looked at uh, your sports that are mas- uh, your, sorry, your activities and entertainment masquerading in sports? Well, I'm on the same um, sort of line of view there, Bermo, with if I can't tell who is winning by watching it, mm. then is it really a sport or is it another form of entertainment? Mm. Uh, so, you know, synchronised swimming... Driving that, yep, fantastic. Oh, yeah, they did a flip. Do we need really need the judges' scores, or is it just that um, things like football, um, those kind of yep, very definitive, uh, yes, no. But then you get into the sort of, uh, I don't know, the cross field where you have boxing, UFC, um, it can be very, very obvious. Uh, or it can go down to judges' score and stuff like that. And I would definitely argue that boxing is a sport, um, even though yeah, it can be thrown to the judges. So, well, in, in boxing and UFC's defence, uh, just sorry to, to interrupt you there, man. It's just purely because with those ones, yes, it can go to judges' scores, but it's also based off the knockout as well. Because if you knock someone out, that's it, you win. So that's that's where I think it comes. Like I can know that someone's won if someone's on the mat. They can't literally can't get up because they're unconscious. That I know that that person's won the fight. So I think it, that one's kind of like a borderline 50-50. But I see what you're saying. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you Tootsie, where are you stand on this whole thing? So I have a big issue between sports that you can see via score or a time that there is a distinct winner. I know I don't need to know the intricacies of that sport. I can purely see by those two units of measurements a winner and a loser. Right, right. So you think most sports, so most theme sports go to a score or first to something or first from something. And then in terms of racing, it's quite simple. It's the first over the line. I don't have a huge background in gymnastics or anything like that. Um, <laughs> no kidding, mate. No kidding. So you can you can see these people do something absolutely amazing that seems to defy the laws of what a human can do. Mm. And then because they're all kind of doing it at such a level it is dependent upon the judges to then tell you, oh, no, this person won. Mm, mm. So I, I struggle in that aspect. Most, most sports tend to roll with a um, with a, a, a point score or time-based thing, so, you know, which ups the entertainment value because you don't, you don't want to watch a sport or activity and then – have someone tell you who won and then not understand how they won. Correct. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of where I, I don't really have any like kind of gymnastics was the, the obvious one to me. Mm. Um, just because you can see someone do something amazingly, absolutely breathtaking. And then you go, well, I, I don't know who's won that. And then you're talking about people jumping around with a ribbon and a ball and that, and it mm. makes no sense to me whatsoever. So, well, it, it, it does. Yeah, you're right, and I guess that's probably our lack of uh, our ignorance of the sport more. Or the, the oh, activity, and, and, and these are, I mean, these are massively popular all over the world. Yeah, and not just the Olympics and whatnot. So these, these are. I understand that they're, you know, passionate sport that people have donated, um, uh, 
put so much time and effort to do. But it, it just, I, I just can't escape the fact that I'm now, I can watch it and I can get involved, but I'm still at the end of the routine or set or whatever it's called, then relying on the judge to tell me who won. Mm, yeah. Whereas in, if you use the boxing analogy, you can pretty much, even if a, a fight, US or MMA or boxing, whatever, goes to the judge's call, generally you would be able to say, like, if you look at the um, Wilder Fury fight again, I mean, even though that didn't go to the judges, if it did, you could pretty fairly confidently say that Fury won because he oh, just yeah, manhandled yeah. Wilder. So in that aspect, when it's close or a split decision or something and it's up to controversy, I think those guys even drew the last time they fought. So that's probably a poor example yeah, yeah, yourself. They, but, um, that's a whole other yeah, thing. So, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly right. But yeah, that, that's where our kids keep falling over that. I don't want someone to tell me who won. Oh, you should be able to see it. it. Should be obvious to the eye. Yeah, and that's a fair point too. Because I mean, is when you when you're watching, you know, any kind of sport, uh, you want to see who scored the most points, and you know, through and it's got to be like, for example, if we're looking at say NRL, um, it's you know, you score the most points by because you have you know, scored the most tries, kicked the most points, kicked the most. You know, uh, versions, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, or AFL, same thing. You kick it through the big sticks enough times, well, you win. Uh, but when you, when I'm watching something like ice dancing or diving or something, which, again, like, it, these people are incredible. But, if I mean, I could also go to Cirque du Soleil and see something incredible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how I think of it. Like, I can, I can go and pay my, my 80 bucks, go see Cirque du Soleil, and I will see something just as freaky and crazy. But yeah. it, it just doesn't have someone judging it, going, "Oh, you get twelve points for that, you get seven points for that, you get, you know, that, that's that's how I see it." Yeah, no, so, that's a really good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, but I mean, there's a lot of sports like that, though. I mean, uh, like, but there's there's those lawn bowls. I mean, even even like Bondi brought up the the humble curling uh, before. I mean, to me, sweeping uh, some ice away in front of a puck, I I, I can't see that as uh, as a sport like it just doesn't seem like or chess chess is considered a sport and i mean yeah. i can't play chess for shit but it, well, it's, it's but it's a skill based on this conversation i'm going to go back to this yardstick from last week right. uh, and remind listeners of what that was it was can you drink a beer uh while watching or participating in that sport um and right. i threw participating in there uh because lawn bowls uh i'm going to go against you on this one Bermo. Lawn bowls Ooh. is definitely a sport. I have had beer while playing lawn bowls, so I'm on that side of the fence. But, to um, be fair, I could watch a game of chess and drink beer still, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'd be, I'd be completely written off by the time it was finished. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just I'll throw that in there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Sorry, I wonder where you're going. Well, I was just like, go down to the pub and watch this or you know go down with a group of mates and participate in this sport like um you can't really well i wouldn't imagine having a beer while watching curling uh no offense to the fine people of the world curling organization um they're very powerful (laughs) yeah it's a rough yardstick to use because i mean is darts a sport i definitely have a beer while Playing darts, like I think we need to find a definitive yardstick to measure what is a sport, yes or no. Um, I think we've got a couple of grey sticks, but 
Like nothing just to how with individual. Yeah, that's a good point because you got to find a yardstick for. It. I mean, like the, the Pootsie pointed out an obvious one before. So it's like if I run fastest, time based, easy. That's a sport. If I jump the furthest or you know move something the furthest, like javelin, shot put, that kind of stuff, that's a sport, easy. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you like is uh, um, like world's strongest men a sport because you can easily identify who's the strongest by whoever either did this obstacle the fastest or lifted the most or did the most of something you compare that to the kind of sister sport of that of bodybuilding and it's literally literally a panel of people going yeah you look better than the other guy that was up there so there's there's a massive amount, and, and I'm short selling it. Any other uh, sports you guys can think of that uh, aren't really sports? No, I, I made the um, awkward analogy that might upset some people where we were saying there is a uh, proper wrestling, the sport and wrestling that you see in like WWF where there's a predetermined winner and loser. Um, <laughs> yes. And annotated by the fact that you can't, because you can't bet on that, then it's quite obvious. And then, and then I ran with the assumption that, well, sports should be something you can bet on. But nowadays, you can bet on, like, Miss America and who's going to win an Oscar and everyone else. So I'm like, sports bets kind of, you know, wrongly named now because you can literally bet on anything. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty offensive, really, what you can do these days. I mean, you can bet on the weather, for Christ's sake. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's nuts, but... That's cool. Yeah, there's WWE is another good one, but it's not. I guess that doesn't really count. Is it a sport or? Well, see, I, I it's, it's, it can't be because there's a it's you can't bet on it, which mm. leads you to assume that there is a predetermined winner and loser from every event. Right, right, right. So I'm going to say no. It's entertaining. Well, philosophically, mate, every game has a predetermined if you're a winner if you listen to Sun Tzu or whatever. No, well. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, I know, I'm just being a wanker. Anyway, but, uh, actually, speaking of wankers, Pootsie, mate, do, you, do you have uh, your wanker of the week? I do, actually. This is this is a great, great report that I've heard that I um, it just um, beggars belief. So a few years ago, there was a um, – so we go back to the 2014 NFL draft, and there was an offensive lineman called Greg Robinson who was taken second overall. Yes. I've just Yeah, I know where you're going. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, played for St. Louis slash LA, then he went to the Browns. I think last year reportedly made um, $5.5 million US as the starting left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Was arrested in Texas, I believe, um, just uh, a week or so ago with 71 kilos of marijuana in the boot of his car. And to make the story even better, the car, so him and an associate was arrested. Um, there was one other person in the vehicle. It turns out that he was in an Uber. <laughs> of which the Uber driver denied all accountability that, and knowledge that, that Greg Robinson had at 71 kilos of weed in the boot of his Uber. But like, but so because if I heard something, he was near the border, like Mexican border. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. So it, there was all sorts of reports that come out that he's, you know, wanting to be like the next, you know, 
Sicario or whatever, you know, like oh, drug kingpin, whatever. But, I mean, it's hard to argue 71 kilos is for personal use. Um, granted, it is illegal in some states in America. I'm pretty sure Texas isn't one of them. But it, it no. just begs belief that a guy that much maligned, he was second overall pick, probably really hasn't lived up to that professionally. But... Uh, you, you know, you're not short of coin. He's made five and a half mil just last season alone, US. And then, um, yeah, I guess comes up with a hobby or, you know, some way to make a little bit of extra money on the side. Man, like, I just, it's the same thing. Like, we talked a bit about this last weekend as well. It's just, when, you, when you're in professional sports, now, of course, none of us knows, uh, you know, what it's like to have, the lifestyle of, of these, they're not even rich and famous. It's just ridiculous, like over the top, lavish lifestyle. When you're, I mean, the, the average person that's, that's, you know, getting around, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 bucks a year, like, you know, just struggling to pay, make, you know, make ends meet. These guys are rolling around in Bentleys and giant mansions and stuff. I mean, I know that's not the norm. Like there are plenty of players that don't get to that, but if I'm starting left tackle, which is one of the higher, the most high paid, highest paid players on a team, like it, it's just nuts. Like if you're if you're earning five million dollars a year and you're like, you know what, I really need to get a side hustle. I'm not working hard enough. Like you know, mate. He, he, and the fact that he got an Uber driver is hilarious. Like <laughs> I think there was even, he even tried to like buy off the Uber driver, saying if you if you take the rap for this, I'll you know. I'll compensate you financially. Um, Robinson now is facing up to 20 years in a federal prison. I don't Whoa, think a lot, Jesus. That's going to take a lot of compensation to wear that. That's, a lot, anyway. oh, that's yeah. a lot of compensation. That's a lot of compensation. Why Uber? Why not Didi or, or Rideshare or something like that? You know, like, do, you have, do you reckon he's targeting Uber to give it a bad name or what? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what conspiracy is there. But, but it just it's amazing to think that this guy, you know, and it's we're not it's seventy one it's seventy one kilos. Yeah. I, I'm in not that's I'm not Bondi in <laughs> But that's my point. Like yeah. I'm I'm no way a drug expert. I'm gonna assume a leafy product or like a you know it's not gonna weigh that much. If you got and how are you the Uber driver who doesn't notice the seventy one kilos of marijuana like the fourteen duffel bags going in the back of your Uber? You don't notice that? Yeah, that, that's that's oh. what I was gonna. That's the next thing I was gonna ask you. Like, I mean, I mean, it, maybe the Uber was a like a, a big one of them because I know you can get those Uber. What do you call them? Um, not the not the Uber X, the the ones where you can get like the commercial vehicles and stuff. Like, you can get like vans and that kind of stuff. I wonder whether yeah, it was on right. them, but it, it it's possible. But like either way, like I mean, I know you know he, he's a big unit. and He can probably carry seventy one kilos and make it look like nothing. Like you know that, that's fine, but that's you know come on. <laughs> Quantity. Like Chappelle Corby got busted with a bodyboard full of and what was that, seven and a half kilos or something like that? Something um, like that. Yeah, it was only yeah, less than ten. Four point three, there you go, just looked it up. Four point three kilos equates to a bodyboard. So you're looking at almost twenty times that. So that's a lot of boogie boards. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's 
<laughs> I'm just sorry. I just imagine if I'm going to a drug dealer and I'm like, hey man, I just want two bo- two boogie boards worth of uh, worth of weed. Come on, man, like hook the brother up. It's now now become the unit of measurement for marijuana in yeah. Australia. Oh, just, I was that light day. I have a half a boogie board, man. Thank you. I'm not <laughs> I barely got any left, mate. I'm down to a quarter of a boogie board. Yeah, it's, just, it's absurd. No, but I mean, what would what would cocaine be measured in if like weed's a boogie board? Cocaine's got to be what, like a sea do. <laughs> I'll have half a jet ski, thanks, mate. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, there you go. So, so Robinson's reportedly made twenty nine million dollars over his NFL career so far. So he's twenty nine mil in the bank. And then still seems to go out and um, need this on, on, side the side, mate. on the flip side, mate. What a hustler! Good on him. He's uh, you know trying to trying to kick goals, make more money. <laughs> well, the other thing too is if you're trying to be uh, you know some kind of drug king, kingpin, I'm pretty sure who's the guy I'm thinking of? Um, the Cuban dude. El Chapo. Possibly. I don't think he used Uber. Is my point. Escobar. Yeah. That's Escobar. it. Escobar. I don't think Escobar. Yeah, I know they didn't have Uber back then, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't going to be using any ride sharing services at all. Just I'm so. not You're right. I don't think he called up the local taxi mob to say, "Sorry, Bondo, what did you say, mate?" I said, and I'm pretty sure Pablo Escobar would never have touched any of the product. He would have been at one end of the, you know, spectrum, and you know, old mate on the street getting a drug for him. He's not going to throw them all the back of his car and go, all right, let's go for a drive. Maybe he's a hands-on kingpin. Maybe he's a hands-on right. kingpin. He's got Tom Cruise to fly in the back of his plane like in that movie. <laughs> Man in America? You ever seen that one? I think that's what I did, mate. I did. That was, that was based on a real story, that one. It absolutely was, yeah. <laughs> That's what's that's what's nuts about that one. But now now Greg Robinson he, he's uh, he's now the um, he's basically the the marijuana version of the Mexican border in an Uber. He's, he's severely downgraded. He needs well, to get himself a better. I don't think this will have the same revenue if they made it into a movie as that uh, Made in America. But anyway, what just some idiot driving with an Uber driver at the border? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Seth Rogen was involved in it. Go all right, who knows? That's it. That's it. All right, lads. Well, look, I reckon that's uh, that's done us for the day. You guys got any other, any other final thoughts on any of the points we had today? No, I got nothing. Well, one final point. Look up what defines a sport, uh, and it is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. So, right down that alley there, Kuti, uh chess. Is it really a sport? Um, physical exertion and skill. A lot of things can be defined in that, but um, chess I could definitely rule out as a sport. But That's in, in That's theory, if you're reading that as as a policy, that it it ticks all those boxes. <laughs> you're not going to say. Does it not? Move. Does it not take skill to play chess? And physical exertion. That's my exactly. Point. You physically I, have to move. The, I pick up the. If you have a physical inability to do that, then you can't play. That's, that's <laughs> what you know. What it, it, it's okay. Look, uh, but I guess the physical skill and exertion. I mean, that could be said for. Well, there's a lot of things that require that. <laughs> that's broad as hell. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think this, if that, that can't be that can't be the unit of measurement though. That's whoever wrote that. Then there needs to be much clearer definitions of what you would call the sport rather than just any physical exertion that requires skill. Because by that, like, who, who wrote that <laughs> definition? Uh, Miriam Webster. No, Webster yeah. Dictionary, there you go. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a bit hard to argue that point, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's like, it's in the dictionary, it. where can you go from there? You can't... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> encyclopedia maybe? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good point to end on, lads. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it a night, but thanks very much, and uh, we'll be back next week for sure, and I'll get this uh, uploaded once I mash them together. We'll go from there. <laughs> no worries, All right, let's...